Your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Blue Jackets fans. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you all of the news, the stories, the trials, the tribulations, the joy, the agonies of the Columbus Blue Jackets, Monday to Friday, every week. Today, I, uh, well, first of all, I've got to start off by thanking you all for making this your first listen of the day. If you are a regular listener or a first-time listener, I super appreciate you. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms. So make sure you check it out if you have stumbled across this by uh, by accident. I would appreciate a subscribe or, hey, maybe even a five-star review. So today we're going to uh, continue the conversation that I had yesterday with Armando Velez of Locked On Panthers about his juggernaut team, checking in on some ex-Blue Jackets. And uh, looking, ahead, looking ahead a little bit to the next time we play the Florida Panthers, which is at the end of the month. So I'll uh, just get right into it. Just this stretch of games, what they've been doing, I want to talk a little bit about it for my listeners. Uh, 16 goals in two consecutive days. That is second best ever in NHL history behind the 1990s Montreal Canadiens. So the, the run that they've been on, it, it's just, and number one has just been health for this for this team. That's really what it's been bit come down to. And I talked, I looked at a little bit of, of the press conferences after. And I not only looked after the Panthers' press conference, I saw about what happened where where Zach Rensky uh, talked uh, to the media about um, we want 10, about it being a little embarrassing for the Blue Jackets, but again. When this season first started, a lot of people, including myself, thought that Columbus was as dead in the water as can be. Of course, they trade Seth Jones for multiple first round picks. They trade back from, uh, they trade up, excuse me, from 31, 32 to 12 with that, from what I saw. Uh, they, but with this season for Columbus, from the outside perspective, I haven't heard much uh, stuff from Columbus. Uh, apparently, since Torts has been gone, there's been less uh, public drama with this team. Brad Larson seems to keep uh, th- this team like out of the spotlight for the wrong reasons. Uh, so that's a good thing for Columbus. But I want, I want, I want to ask you what What are you thinking about this season? Have the Columbus Blue Jackets overachieved? Are they right where they are, or what do you What are your thoughts uh, on the, on this? Yeah, I mean, the, the Blue Jackets are playing with house money this season. That's that's what I've said all along. You know, when we started the season seven and three, I was like, this is great. You know, I think everyone was expecting us to be three and seven. I think Brad Larson has done an incredible job with a, you know, a subpar roster, I will say. You know, we don't, pa- Patrick Line aside and, you know, maybe Jacob Varacek, we don't really have legit forward stars. Uh, obviously, Zach Rensky, uh, he got named to the All Star Game. He's been really solid on the on the back end, uh, which I expected uh, because you know once you get him out from the shadow of Seth Jones, you realize actually 
this guy was drafted eighth overall. You know, he's he's a legitimate number one defenseman. Um, you know, and obviously we we made out like a bandit with the with the Seth Jones trade. Uh, picked up Cole Sillinger in the in the the draft pick swap. Anna Boquist has been really good for us. Jake Bean has been quietly really solid for us, and we still have next year's first round pick from Chicago to play with as well. So the ideal would be for them to finish like third in the draft lottery. So, because it's, it's one and two protected. So, uh, you know, we are, we are doing pretty well over there, but yeah, in terms of how, how Columbus is doing this season, this is about where I expected them to be. Uh, I know a lot of people were like, Oh, they're going to be at the bottom of the, the bottom of the standings. It's going to be brutal. And I, I did, I thought they were going to be bad. I didn't think they were going to be as bad as a lot of people said. Um, I also didn't think they were going to be this good. They've kind of fallen off in the last kind of month or so. They've only got five wins in the last 15 games. Uh, but, you know, like I said, play, playing with, with house money, um, it's, I don't know, it's for the most part, it's been a fun season. You know, when you put six goals on a team like Carolina, that's fun. You know, and even for the most part, when we're losing games, they've been fun games to watch you know, this weekend's game aside, because that was the least fun I've ever had watching a, watching a hockey game. And now I have infinitely more um, sympathy towards the Canadiens fans of a couple of seasons ago when we scored 10 on Al Montoya. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's always rough to give up that many goals. But uh, yeah, just to kind of answer your question, I do think they're over- overachieving a little bit, but I also think people expected Philadelphia to be better than they are. You know, a lot of the stats models had Philadelphia up at the top of the division. Um, people expected the Devils to be better. No one expected the Islanders to be this brutal. Um, you know, so I think it's not necessarily that we're good. We're just kind of ach- we're, we're overachieving uh, some of the other teams in the Metro. Uh, I don't know if we make the playoffs, but I think, you know, as long as we manage to, t- if we can kind of get out of this next run of games, which again is just brutal. I think we're playing Philadelphia, which is, you know, in theory, you know, I'm just going to knock on wood, is a winnable game. But then after that, it's Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Carolina again, Florida again, all before the end of the Olympic break. So, you know, that's a that's a tough run of games for a team that's struggling. So if we can kind of get through that, through the Olympic break, uh, get Voracek back, who's in COVID protocol, get um, Cole Sillinger back, who's in COVID protocol, uh, you know, it could be, we, we could be in the in the hunt for the for a playoff spot right up until right up until the end. We're just gonna make the trade deadline interesting, but yeah, I don't, I don't see this team finishing at the bottom of the at the bottom of the standings right now. Mm. A lot of the national uh, pundits talk about how in the Eastern Conference specifically, a lot of people, myself included, think that what we see right now in the top eight is probably what we're gonna get. Um, Boston with they have. They have four games in hand on Detroit and they're six points ahead. So I don't know, even though Detroit's fun to watch, they've been on a little bit of a bad stretch lately where I have just looking at the box score alone. I've seen that they haven't put up a lot of shots there. Usually I see them less than 25 shots a game, but they're still a very fun team to watch. Very young. Steve Weisman's doing great things over there. Yeah. And I think and yeah. that's, that's the, the thing as well is Columbus has also got an incredibly young team you know, and a lot of our players haven't played a full 82 game. Mm -hmm. You know, so when we've got 
players playing in their first. I think we've had five or six players score their first NHL goals this season. Um, you know, we've got a lot of rookies, a lot of kids that have not played a full 82-game NHL season before. Um, a lot of kids that this is their first professional, full professional year. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, It is a grind. 82 games is a lot of games to play. And I think probably what we're seeing with Detroit, what we're seeing with Columbus is a little bit of that fatigue started to kick in, which is where, you know, where what, 35 games into the season? Um, give or take. And yeah, you, you start to get tired. You start to, you know, pick up those like niggling little injuries that are not bad enough to take time off. But also, you know, you wake up in the morning and your knee hurts. Um, you know, things like that. So I think that's, you know, not, I'm, I'm not saying that the, like that's an excuse for why Columbus has been playing poorly, but I'm just saying, you know, young teams get tired a lot more easily. In a minute, we're going to have more of my conversation with Armando. But first, I've got to tell you about Bet Online because they've got you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as Football season continues their march to the playoffs. The NHL season continues their march to the playoffs. But online remains your number one spot for all of the sports action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On or one word to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Once again, that is promo code locked on or one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at betonline.ag. BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome back to Locked On Blue Jackets. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I super appreciate it. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms. And I'm just looking at the Blue Jackets schedule. It looks like that if they're when they're to make up games during the Olympic break, that I'm counting six just by looking at the schedule right now. And the the fact that maybe you won't get any back to backs neither in that in that makeup period in February. And the fact that it could possibly be all spread out instead of taking a break could be actually very beneficial for these uh, young Columbus Blue Jackets, which, which um, it, it's crazy because uh, you make that trade for Patrick Lane um, last year, gets benched by John Tortorella after the whole Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, situation. Now he's having a better season this year, and it looks like that it's possibly could be a long-term fit for... Um, it is almost as if... Tortorella was trying to get Line A to be something that he wasn't. I I have had multiple rants about this. There was a lot of talk about um, not to not to interrupt your your question, but there was a lot of mm. talk about Patrick Line needs to become a two hundred foot player. We want to turn him into a power forward, and I'm like, why? He's mm. potentially one of the best pure goal scorers in this league. Like, let him do that. Uh, and he hasn't been scoring a ton this season. Obviously, he just missed a bunch of time. Uh, he had an oblique injury, and also his uh, father passed away unexpectedly. So he's missed some time uh, for that, but he's just under a point per game player. Uh, most of those have been assists, um, but and people get a little bit twitchy when goal scorers aren't scoring. But like a lot of those have been primary assists on the power play, and you know for a power play that's struggling, I'm that's I'm not going to complain about Patrick Laine getting 
you know, being a point per game in if he's only getting assists. You know, yeah, it would be nice to have him scoring, but uh, Boone Jenner keeps stealing all of his power play goals by, you know, them bouncing off him. So, you know, it, it could be it could be worse. I'm really happy with Patrick Lyon's season so far. Thomas did get a power play goal. I, I, I think it was Boone Jenner. He did get a goal. I remember. He got a goal, yeah. He's leading the team right now. I don't know if it was a power play, but. Yeah, they did get. I'm, I'm just scrambling right now looking to see if it was Boone Jenner. But yeah, um, they, they, did get a, they did get a power play goal last night. And I want to talk a little bit about the Florida Panthers power play where the stretch that they're on. And I tweeted this on my personal account earlier today. And today, I mean Sunday. But the Florida Panthers in the stretch of nine games, league averages will say that they're middle of the pack in special teams, 15th on the on power play, 16th on the penalty kill. But in this stretch of games in the last nine, power play percentage, eight for 27, which is just under 30%. Penalty kill, 23 of 27, 85%. And I'm in the approach of what have you done for me lately (laughs) with this Florida Panthers team right now? And that was a lot of the talk around this team is they're scoring at even strength, but they're not scoring on the power play. Of course, Barkoff was out for a little bit as, as well. So that had a lot to do with it. And Sam Bennett was suspended once Sam Reinhart on the COVID list as well. So that mixed up a little bit of things. Anthony Duclair was out for like a, a week or two, but never placed on IR. So that, that mixed that messed a few things up based on the power play, but Number number one thing I like I said earlier, health has been just a beauty for for the Cats in 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 their recent stretch, and it looks like that eventually those league uh, average numbers, if they continue this stretch, will eventually uh, even out for for this uh, Florida Panthers team. And Jonathan Huberto, I gotta I gotta continue. I gotta get the rest of the locked on hosts to to uh, help me out with uh, putting some more MVP praise on Jonathan Huberdeau because right now he's tied with Connor McDavid in points tied for second in the NHL. The only two that are leading him because, because we're um, the only two people who are leading him are Alexander Ovechkin, who just got a power play goal um, just now against the Vancouver Canucks. So, and Leon Dreisaitl. But then I look at power play points respectively Dreisaitl and McDavid have 22 power play goal, um, excuse me, power play points each, while Huberto has 15. So Huberto is doing more of the point production at even strength than the two superstars from Edmonton are. So Hart Hubie, hashtag Hart Hubie, there, 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 there needs to be more of a praise for this guy because the when Barkov was out, a lot of times in the past, a lot of people would crap on Hubie for uh, not stepping up when he needed to and not scoring goals. But now he's taken his game to another level and he has one year left on his deal after this year. So he's really looking for that big payday. Barkov got his payday. So now he's looking to make a big case to get a big contract. And of course, uh, an MVP type season is definitely helping. Yeah, I didn't realize until I think I saw your tweet about it actually. About he, he was as of last night, I think he was leading the 
leading the league or second uh, in the league. I didn't realize he was having that kind of a season. I've always liked Huberdeau. Um, I think he's a fantastic player. Uh, and yeah, the the argument for me is he's he's doing this not by himself, but Dreisaitl and McDavid are kind of neck and neck in points. I don't know how you can call one of them the MVP over the other one because they're kind of a duo. Um, so yeah, for me, the the currently the MVP conversation comes down to Alex Ovechkin, who at the age of thirty six is leading the league in points because I don't know, they make him differently in Moscow, uh, and Jonathan Huberdeau. Those are those are the the two guys that you know are really the difference makers. Um, which is in a minute. We're going to finish our conversation with Armando Velez of Locked On Panthers. Uh, that is coming up next on Locked On Blue Jackets. It's really cool to see. I love it when someone that completely unexpected just leads the scoring race all season. Jacob Varacek did it in like 2016, 2015 or 2016, and he just led the league in, in goals for like most of the season. It was wild. And so I love when that kind of stuff happens. Mm. Yeah, and... It, I, I believe if um, if Huberto and Ovi tie with points, but Ovi wins the Ovi gets the Rocket Richard, chances are he'll get the heart as well because people like goals, and that's probably where where voters will go towards. And and, and I acknowledge that too, but I also I also acknowledge that McDavid and Drysaitel also have played three less games than Huberto. And here's the thing: Thursday, this Thursday. The Florida Pan, well, starting on Tuesday, they have a Western Canadian trip, a five-game Western Canadian trip, where the Florida Panthers have been just over 500 this season. And Thursday will be a matchup against Edmonton. That same matchup between the Florida Panthers and the Edmonton Oilers will feature four of the top four picks in the 2014 draft with Ekblad, Reinhardt, Dreisaitl, and Bennett. All on the ice together, 2014. I forgot that you'd picked up both of the both of the the Sams from from that draft year. Mm-hmm. I guess you're going for Drysdale next. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, that might be a little uh, too much to give up to get a player of his caliber. <laughs> Maybe just a little. <laughs> Maybe just a little. It, it is funny. I was looking. There was a stat uh, that I, I was thinking about around the time that the. Whichever Sam was traded more recently, um, I want to say Ryan Bennett. Um, with that trade, like Alexander Barkov is the only second overall pick in the last like six seasons that hasn't been traded. Wow! Because obviously Eichel, Eichel got traded, Line got traded, uh, Bennett traded. Um, there's been more, but that Nolan Patrick traded mm. like just a just a really weird and wild stat that i enjoyed that's nuts and um they got him under contract that's the best part about um barkov they just signed him right before uh training camp started so yes they got that taken care of uh for the panthers but this uh the, the just and speaking of barkov um aaron brown of the hockey news uh tweeted that she counts 14 multi-point efforts for the Florida Panthers in their last two games um, where um, the Florida Panthers won seven, one against the stars and then nine to two against Columbus, 14 multi-point games in the last two. 
Alexander Barkov is not one of those players. Yeah, hockey is weird, man. There was a, a similar when we so the six nothing win over over Carolina, and I talked about this on uh, Friday's episode of, of uh, Lockdown Blue Jackets. I think every single Blue Jackets player was on the ice for one of the goals, except Zach Korensky. That's nuts. He was the only Blue Jackets player that did not that was not on the ice when a goal was scored. Just the hockey, man. Sometimes sometimes it, it gets weird. It's the ultimate team sport, which why why I like it so much, uh, because there isn't it's an inexact science when it comes to predicting hockey versus basketball. You give it to one player and they could take over a game. Hockey is just not like that with especially with time on ice as well. Yeah. Uh where you're only playing the superstars are playing about a third of the game versus everything else. So it takes really a, a big uh, team effort uh, for, for uh, the, for anyone playing this sport. Yeah. It's, it's a weird one, but it's a, it's a fun one. Mm, for sure. But Jay, this has been fun. Uh, i um, doing another crossover with you. It was a little different uh, this year because uh, the Blue Jackets and the Florida Panthers were in the same division last year. And now the, these two are back to their normal divisions, the Blue Jackets. And I know it's weird. Division. I will say, I am glad that we don't have to play you guys eight times after, after seeing what happened, seeing what happened on Saturday night. But yeah, I was, I was talking to Jack Bushman of, of Locked on Blackhawks about this, actually. Like it's, it's weird not seeing the same teams like mm-hmm. a million times because, you know, like this is the first time that the Panthers and the Blue Jackets have played and we're, you know, halfway through January uh we saw the Blackhawks for the first time last week like it's just a just weirdness in the in the schedule um we don't face Pittsburgh until next week like the the like the end of January is our first game against Pittsburgh who are in division it's it's very strange but yeah this was this was this was fun yeah Panthers don't play the Maple Leafs (laughs) until March for the first time this year so that's another weird one for for them yeah. I love schedule weirdness like that though. We played out we played the Avalanche back to back in like the start of November. Wow. So like by the by November 6th, we were done playing the Avalanche for the season, which is great because it was before they remembered that the season had started. So we snuck away with four points. Nice. <laughs> where can where can my listeners find your show if they want to uh, you know catch up on the, the renaissance of Sergei Borovsky? Let's say. Like- they can follow the show at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Follow the show, show anywhere they listen to podcasts. And me personally at Mondoman12. That's where they can follow me. Great. And uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll have to do this again next time the uh, our teams play. I don't know where. Oh, that's at the end of the month, isn't it? And hope, I, I, I just hope it goes better than this one. Like, I'm not asking for a win. I'm just, not, I'm just asking not to allow nine calls. <laughs> The, for sure. Uh, hopefully it's a better matchup and a closer one. And I'm definitely looking forward to it, Jay. Uh, thank you once again for doing this. Yeah, thanks for thanks for sitting down. And that's kind of all I've got for you today. Uh, tomorrow we will uh, catch up with some Blue Jackets news and uh, look ahead to the matchup matchups at the uh, for the end of the week. So we got a, a busy, busy weekend for the Blue Jackets. So we'll check in on that. I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find this podcast over at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. 
Uh, make sure you check out Monsters Musings, the uh, podcast I do with Dina Weinhammer and Andrew Garino, all about the Cleveland Monsters. There's a new episode of that coming uh, later this morning. And if you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at locksonbluejackets at gmail.com. Until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on. <laughs>